Hi, my name is Soli. And my name is Shafali. And welcome to the Why Not Health podcast. Why Not Health is an organization of students working to increase awareness surrounding underrepresented health issues in Southeast Asia. We'll be having open and honest conversations about everything, including consent culture to body shaming and eating disorders. We're super excited to shed light on the differences between health in Southeast Asia and the United States, and we hope you'll join us. Hi, guys. Welcome again to the Why Not Health podcast. Today, our episode will be focusing on body shaming and specifically body shaming men. So today uh, we have four guys, including me, um, and we'll be kind of diving into that topic and just because it's a topic that isn't really discussed so much in uh, the Southeast Asian community and also like the world at large too, we wanted to give a special deep dive into this for the topic of our podcast today. So yeah, before we go on any further, I'd like for us to introduce all of ourselves I, and I'll start. Um, I'm Ryan. I am Vietnamese American. I'm 20 years old and I grew up in the United States all my life, but in a Vietnamese household. Yeah. And Joash, what about you? Yeah. So hi, my name is Joash. I am a Chinese Singaporean and I am currently 24 years old. I've spent much of my life in Singapore and actually went over to the U.S., UC Davis, for college. So that will be about three years. What about you, Kang? Hello, uh, my name is Kang. I am from Myanmar, and I've been moving around a lot. I, I was in Myanmar, and then I was in Malaysia, and then now I'm studying in Czech Republic in Prague. And I am 21 years old, and uh, I'm studying currently mechanical engineering. And last but not least, uh, Bone. Um, hi, my name is Bone, and I'm a Burmese. I, I am 19 years old, and I'm currently living in Myanmar. All right. Okay. And now with all of us introduced, let's get into our questions today. The first one I wanted to kind of dive into today to kind of just get us warmed up and started is actually, what are these body standards that we have as men? I think I want to hear, since you guys are living in Southeast Asia right now, and some of you guys, even though you aren't there, being have grown up in that culture, what would you guys say that body standard for men might be? I think for, at least in Singapore, what I can say is there's an emphasis on tall guys. I think it's pretty standard probably across the world because people tend to have this image of a perfect guy with a tall, you know, with a tall physical height and, you know, probably pretty muscular. Um, there seems to be a shift in terms of like physical skin appearances. So for example, like there tends to be like, right now I think there tends to be a shift to like a fairer skin tone for men as opposed to like maybe like a darker skin tone maybe in the past. So yeah. Mm, yeah, yeah. I definitely I definitely do see that that tall kind of theme. Yeah. Going around. And that definitely is a thing in the States as well. But also I do see that fair skin thing going on. And we can talk about that as I get through and kind of do our deep dive. With that said, in Southeast Asia, uh, I know you have been in Southeast Asia, but now you're currently in Europe. And mm-hmm. I want to ask a little bit about, are there any differences or similarities of what the ideal kind of male body standard is in Europe compared to Asia? Uh, uh, I would say compared to Asia, the skin tone is the one that surprised me the most because in Europe, people like to be tanned and they like to show off like 
they have like tan skin tone, not very white because everyone here is white. And I feel like in Asia, we would like people to have like fairer tone, you know, whiter yeah. skin. Yeah, that's the difference. And uh, in terms of appearance, I would say they like to be more muscular here. And I feel like like back in Asia, people like more the guys with like lean body. Not so super mus- muscular, like lean and tall is also the same, I guess, for Asia and Europe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see some common themes running there in Europe compared to America as well. Um, although, right, uh, you mentioned about like kind of like that lean body type being okay in big Europe and Asia. In the United States, I realized that there is the gym culture here is kind of huge. Um, and with that, I think also with our movies and culture like that, that our male body standard here is decidedly more, it, it places a lot of importance on muscle and that is more normalized for us. And with that, that kind of takes me into kind of like my next thing, which is kind of how did these standards affect us personally as guys? Because a lot of times when we talk about body shaming, the people that we focus on when we talk about who that who body shaming has affected is women and their experiences like dealing with like actresses and models in the culture. But right, the reason why we're all here today is kind of to see if that has affected us and as guys in our um, kind of world. So for me, I think kind of given that I've mentioned that gym culture, I can say that it definitely has affected me in that I've had to, I feel like I have changed my, tried to change my body to meet those standards. So from my experience, I was very, very, very underweight. Um, And it's not an understatement. Uh, I was in the less than one like percentile on all the charts when I went to the doctor. People were concerned for my health and safety. Uh, But just as a metric for you guys, I was less than at, at 18 years old, I was less than 80 pounds, less than 39 kilos. It was, it was kind of bad. And for a long time, like I didn't really feel that pressure because I felt like it was just so unattainable or it just, it wasn't even like in my mind at all. But I think eventually it got to a point where I felt like everyone was growing up and I was not at all. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, it really, it took a, to like a critical point for me. And it, it was simultaneously like culture, but also I could tell that my health was failing, <laughs> right? I had, I was in college right, and I was by myself, not I'm like not living with my parents and I couldn't bike anymore without fainting. And I was having problems eating and I just, and apparently I had like a disorder where I couldn't like keep my food down. And that's when I realized, okay, like this is, I, like I got to, take a break from the books for a while. Like I, I need to focus on trying to survive first. Um, <laughs> and luckily this was like around when quarantine hit. So I got to go home and I got to have three meals a day and again. And I took that chance to really just fix my diet as much as I could. So I ended up doubling my calorie intake. I ate until it hurt. I, I ended up eating because like, or just not how my body felt. Like I just, I ate as much as possible. And if that 
started like feeling like you're just totally stuffed. It is what it is. Um, and then I picked up like working out every day because it was summer and yeah, I, I wasn't too busy with class. And yeah, that, that ended up working, but like I ended up actually gaining like 15 to 20 pounds, which is kind of drastic nice. because yeah, I ended up, I can talk to you guys today, given that like I've, I've um, been through that this whole year, but yeah. Um, but I feel like because you went back, it helped a little bit because I see that if you are living alone, you're, you have to make sure to eat like by yourself. Yeah. So I was asking that because you went back home, I feel like it will help you a lot. Did it help? I definitely think it helped. And um, I think that was one of the reasons why me kind of like deciding to make just a drastic change to my lifestyle and kind of how I ate as well, that made it a lot easier. Would you say that your parents and having like a social circle around you, like your immediate family, just being around you, did it really, did it help you in this process? Like, you know, having parents, because some people, you know, like for me, when I came back, I, you know, you know, I have my parents, you know, they occasionally, we would take turns to have a pair of meals and stuff. So in terms of like having a pretty much routine eating habit, more or less, you know, it was easier as compared with, uh, you know, being in college. Yeah, I definitely think so. And I think my family also, they, they, they kind of watched me go through all of that uh, too, right? When, when um, yeah, I had like, I mean, you remember, I was in the hospital during that yeah. fall before I came home. Okay, that was scary. Definitely worried. And that was so scary. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And yeah. so they were totally on board. And then also my friends knew about it too. So they, they also helped to make sure like I was like, I, I kept on to like the, the changes and stuff. Like mm. they, they worked out with me every day on Zoom and stuff like that. And it was just the little things. Um, and I think that was good. And that, I think those are the positive things about kind of the journey that I've been this, on this year. But I think also as it relates to body shaming too, I can talk a little bit about kind of like the parts that weren't so sweet about it. And I think like, I, then I want to ask you guys about that and how it's affected you guys too. And I think I came, I went into it with, I think the wrong expectation. So when I would tell people that I'm changing my diet and working out and stuff, yes, on the outside, I would tell them I'm doing it for my health. But I think very secretly, one of the motivating factors that kept me working out and kept me eating a lot was that I should be looking like that ideal body standard at the end of this or something like that. Mm -hmm. And I would also really chase that number on the scale. And I know it should have been, but it, what should have happened is that I should have kind of chased the feeling of healthiness, chased the feeling that I had my body back. Right. But I felt like now looking back, I never actually, that was never my first priority. It in secretly, it was always to see that at the end of the, at the end of the journey, like, would I look different? Would I have a different body? Would I finally fit the body standard? And I think what I can say is that now close to a year later is that if you, I think if you like came out and met me and yeah, Joe, if you went out and saw me again at school, uh, I would literally look the same. <laughs> <laughs> and that's perfectly yeah. fine obviously. and yeah i think that was a bit of a realization too about expectations um right i think for me then it's been kind of i've had to kind of retool my sort of mental attitude toward it which is 
yeah, this is about health and that's what I've gained out of it. And I think expectations are a really important way to kind of help deal with body image issues because you can't really change your body overnight. And sometimes it does take more than a year. Yeah. So now that I've shared a little bit about my experience, I know Bon, you've dealt with body shaming, but from kind of a different angle. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about that? Um, for me, um, it was like, um, I felt like I wasn't enough physically and I felt the need to lose some weight in order to look more attractive and stuff. So, and it actually gave me lower confidence level. So yeah, that was the point where I decided to do some diet and lose some weight. So we are having like different ends. For Ryan, you you had to gain weight to meet the expectation. Yeah. And for Bone, you have to lose weight to meet the expectation. It's like the opposite. <laughs> It is. Uh-huh. <laughs> so how how was your experience throughout the process? Is there any support? Like how did you feel? You yeah. Uh, you mean like uh, dieting and stuff? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, For the diet, I started eating like only one meal a day. And I was doing it for like two years ago. And on the, on the same time, I did some workout. I dropped like about um, 50 or 60 pounds compared oh, wow. to last year. Yeah. Wow. That's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> And how did you feel? Like, do you feel, you know, how do you feel now? You mean like uh, the stress during the process? Mm, yeah possibly that and also yeah. like you know after going through the whole process of you know losing weight how do you feel as a person you know how do you feel physically emotionally you know psychologically it uh, it's sure was stressful like keeping my everyday diet into calorie deficit but for almost yeah. every day like i felt the you know urge to break this whole diet plan and just return back to my regular self But then I decided. But then I started to notice some like changes in my body weight, and those are the things that kept me motivated during this process. Yeah, that's really great to hear. And I, yeah, you've definitely made a lot of progress. So actually, then I was kind of wondering, did your self-esteem about your body image end up changing? Yeah, I feel like more confident right now compared to before, and my um. Eating stars is it has become more healthier, so it's a positive thing of this whole transformation. And would you say that you've uh, reached your goal, or um, you've reached the actual body image standard in Southeast Asia? I think there might be a little more to that standard. Yeah, I I need to maybe try a little more and do some workout to reach that standard, but not. Uh, but I think I've not. I haven't reached that standard right now. Yeah, I think that's where I think we have something in common. Where yeah. I think there is, there definitely is always something <laughs> more we can do. Yeah. For me, I just well, wanted I, to know the limit, like yeah. how far I can pull this off. Yeah. Yeah. So, Bon, I was also wondering too. Did do you think that people treated you differently since you've gone through such a drastic kind of um, physical? Like you've made such. Uh, great physical progress. Um, I don't notice much people treating me differently, but then um, for strangers, um, their first impression might change. For example, um, 
before I was a fat kid, and now I'm I've become um, kind of like a lean person. So yeah, that's that's the most common thing that I've experienced after this whole transformation. Not that they they treated me differently in another way. I feel like you know in certain Asian cultures, at least the ones that I've been exposed to, um, there seems to be a an emphasis on you know like physical change. So. For example, you know, when I was overseas in like the U.S. studying, and then when I got back for summer, you know, one of the first few comments that I would receive from some of my family and friends would be, "Oh wow, you have you know either your you know your cheekbones look sunken, or like oh you have <laughs> a little fatter, or like oh you've got a little darker, oh you have changed in this 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 way." So it kind of, you know, this 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 is something that I, I didn't really experience in the U.S. And I'm not sure. Maybe it's just like my personal experience with you know in comparison with everyone else. But yeah, because I realize that that's a thing that's pretty prevalent here in Singapore. But I'm not sure if that's same you know in the different cultures or different countries in Southeast Asia. Oh, it's I I can say it's it's an Asian thing. It I did, <laughs> I didn't know that you got you got those comments too because oh we got them <laughs> all the we get them all the time <laughs> all the time yeah <laughs> for me it's the you're too skinny comments but at least yeah I don't get that your skin is too pale and you're like you're looking like, you're dying comments it's at least it's <laughs> it's just the you're too skinny comments now keep <laughs> <laughs> within the boundaries huh? <laughs> yeah. bone if you guys ever get those comments from your family do you guys get those too oh uh, yeah. no not not for me though I think someone can so. Oh, for me, yeah, definitely. Like when they haven't seen me for a long time, the first thing they notice is, of course, how you look. So that's yeah. what they're gonna comment. <laughs> and <laughs> definitely, yeah, they will say like, "Oh, you got slimmer. Why you didn't eat her? Something like that." You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you get slimmer, they will blame that you didn't eat. If you get like fatter, they will be like, "Oh, why is this so so fat? You didn't work out." Something <laughs> like that. You know, it's it's always like something negative to it you know yeah they're, they're just so unfiltered <laughs> exactly it's like there never seems to be like a there never seems to be like a, a sweet spot it's either you're not exercising or you're not eating enough there's never a case about while wow, you're doing both at the right you know both the right time at the right place yeah <laughs> like when when you're okay i think they would just say nothing i guess <laughs> yeah they'll be like oh okay cool let's leave it alone and everything <laughs> yeah yeah, so like what Bone said, like when he lost weight, he said like people didn't uh, uh, say much. I think it's only the first impression. So like if you are in a range of like okay body standard, I would say, like people yeah. will just not say anything. But like the way they approach you or the way they look at you will change like, like in like hidden from you, you know, they will not say anything, but. Yeah, yes. from their perspective, yeah. it changes. Yeah, it does. It does, bro. Yeah, I think, yeah, it definitely, I think it, it, at least, at least when I get out of the house, right, and you, and I'm not interacting with people who, like, family members who are just willing to straight up say, you're too skinny. Um, yeah. yeah, people are, people are, they, at least they don't say that, as, like, on the street in the States, and I don't think that happens for you guys either, but, yeah, I, I did think about like, do people treat you differently? And I think, I think they do because yeah, right. I can't hide my appearance. Like I can wear layers and stuff like that. And, and 
do that like illusion and <laughs> make myself look like I'm not. But right during the summer, that's that's not an option for me. Yeah, And I think that I don't know. Uh, I don't know if people tr would treat do treat me like as I like like everybody else. I think that if my body did look like what every what every other guy's body looked like, or at least like not even if I fit like the muscular body standard, if I just was in the normal weight range, I think I think I don't know. I feel like I would be treated differently, but I can't really put my finger on it. Um, but yeah, it's maybe it's like that. Just like society puts you into a certain box, and um, but right, I've seeing that I've never been outside of that. Um, I can't really t like come on here and tell you guys today what that is, but I think personally, so. Uh, personally, like when people treating differently, I would say, uh, in my experience, yeah, like when I'm playing football. I normally play football like uh, how to say casually, and when you go play with a new group, and you don't know the people, and you have to make teams, they would choose the people that are in like you know normal looking, uh, body, you know yeah. more. Yes, yeah. And yeah. Uh, if you are like, uh, slimmer, they will not like you choose. Or if you are like a bit a bit like fatter, chubbier, like they will not like to choose also. So that's the only experience I've had so far. And if you're fat, the coach made you the goalkeeper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that's like the standard, the standard across Asia. Like everyone who's like yeah. a little bit on the fatter side gets put in that position. So yeah. yeah. Okay. That actually makes a lot of sense. I think my weight definitely made it so that it was it was very hard for me to kind of enter any sort of like sport because automatically I, as a kid before I, before I um, kind of hit my growth spurt as a teen, I was already really small. I wasn't, I wasn't like particularly underweight or anything like that, but just because I was so small, no one, I, I was always like the last to get picked and stuff like that. And that's like, that's normal. That happens to a lot of people, but um, I think, Things just went from bad to worse because when I hit my growth spurt, I didn't go like this. I didn't like grow horizontally. I just grew <laughs> vertically and kept the same weight. So I just became underweight. Um, right. And I think that just kind of set me along this path of like, okay, I'm not good at, I'm not good at physical like education. I'm not good at PE and sports. I am going to study more. And then I, I think that's just yeah. how my trajectory in life, that's how that happened. But yeah, I think, Considering that, though, I also think can think of one other thing that kind of not fitting the body image or the body image like standard might be, and that is kind of like your desire, or I've thought about like my desirability in the dating world, because I realized that like I don't fit a lot of those traits, right? Whenever we're on Tinder and stuff, like I have a lot of like my friends who are girls, they they go on Tinder and the first thing they talk about is how tall the guy is. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so we're going to that topic now. <laughs> oh yeah, we're going there. We're going. We're there. going there, huh? <laughs> All right, let's do it. <laughs> yeah, because the thing is, there seems to be an emphasis on you know height in our current society, I guess. Um, and it's pretty prevalent, I think, throughout the world. You know, so especially with it, you know, with. More, you know, people with gaining more access to like dating apps, to you know, 
online, you know, dating services and stuff. I think what's happening is that, you know, people are able to, able to pick or at least cherry pick the physical traits. Because, you know, when you look at a dating profile, no one's going to go for the profile that says, I am a, I mean, probably a couple of people, I think I'm probably generalizing this a bit too much, but, you know, the general group, the general population would be like, no one's going to go for like, oh, I have a very sweet character. I have a very cute dog that I take care of. I, you know, go for a charity. I think what happens in reality is that people tend to focus on physical attributes, like for example, height, for example, facial features, for example, muscles. So because of the way that dating apps, you know, or dating pool, the dating scene nowadays is shaped, that really plays a big part in, you know, how desirable or how you present yourself in the dating pool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I guess that's also one of the factors that men try to be in the uh, normal body body standards, you know? Mm-hmm. That's also one of the driving force, I would say. <laughs> I'm not sure yeah. if it's true, but yeah. Personally, yeah. that's what I think. Yeah. I think it might just be a generational thing because I think that, Josh, your point about kind of people's selection being on physical appearance... I think yeah, that, um, yeah, go can ahead. I interrupt you? Yeah, yeah so ahead. like you brought, you brought up Tinder, right? So mm-hmm. in Tinder, what can you see? You can only see the photo. Right. I mean, there is a paragraph, but, you know, we can never describe ourselves in like a short text. Yeah. So the personality is never always the big case when they are deciding. Yeah. And your appear, physical appearance is the first thing that they see and the first thing that they're going to decide on. So like... Uh, newer generations that uses like uh, online dating stuff and stuff I would say that that's the, also the reason why body shaming like is getting more and more uh, important to talk about yeah, and yeah like I would say the body appearance is where people look at nowadays Inst- yeah. instead of like personality and you know getting to know them yeah I was gonna ask about like kind of if you guys have had any personal experience with kind of women's expectations for men in the dating scene, but I think that, I don't know. I don't, I think it's more of like, I don't think there will be like a case where like someone will tell you, Oh, you don't fit the body standard. I'm not interested. Like that. (laughs) I don't think that's going to happen, but, but I think that it would be kind of more of just like a, that you wouldn't get the swipes that you would if this culture didn't exist. Right. Like it's because this culture exists that, some people just aren't interested in you and because those people aren't aren't interested in you you're not going to know you're not going to know what you've lost right we can talk a little bit more about kind of i think some cultural expectations for what men should look like in asia thing and i think just being an asian person as well i think one thing i want to bring up is something that we brought up earlier which is kind of the fair skin tone thing and that Mm -hmm. brings me to how do you guys think k-pop has influenced physical (laughs) let's talk about k-pop like (laughs) yep down the rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Like, I mean, K-pop in itself, at least to me, seems pretty much a very East Asian cultural thing. Like, I don't want to be drawing lines between like, oh, whose culture is whose and everything. But it seems to be a very, you know, it seems to embody concepts that are more prevalent in East Asian countries as opposed to like Southeast Asian countries. 
but then again, you know, you know, due to the proximity of you know each country and the way like cultural, you know, cultural flows happen, yeah, it's. I think there seems to be a shift in the way that Asian men are being portrayed and as desirable. So, for example, when I was in the Philippines, I think three years ago, that was when I was back in eighteen. You know, sorry, no, about yeah, wait, twenty one. Sorry, when I was twenty one, when I was in the Philippines, twenty one. And what I remember was going over there, there was a very strong preference, at least from what I could sense, for men that look more like Korean pop stars, at least within the younger generation of maybe, you know, girls and guys. You know, that would be like their desirable guy. Fair skin, you know, eyes that are not, you know, that a bit more, that a bit smaller, sharper noses, you know, whatever you see on TV. But if you go a generation up, like through their parents or probably even further, there seems to be a shift in the way that they perceive desirability. So they prefer, the older generation prefer bigger men, muscular men, you know, maybe darker skin tones. And I guess it really depends on what kind of cultures or what kind of like cultural influences you're under. You know, what the media portrays as desirable in, you know, in t- on, on TV. Yeah, you brought up literally such a great point, which is that like, yeah, yeah. definitely there has been a cultural shift and also there is a distinction between East Asia and Southeast Asia. And that was something that I kind of really wanted to dig, like when I, I, wanna, I kind of want to hit home about, because um, I, I want to speak from my, my experience like growing up in the States as an Asian, or the Southeast Asian specifically. And it's that I, Asian men in the States, we've never really had, like I think until very recently, like literally until like, uh, like, Unfortunately, Crazy Rich Asians was like a lot of like, it was a big cultural wave when it really should not have been. But yeah, um, <laughs> yeah we, Asian men at like, when I was growing up, we didn't really have any standard or beauty standard to even adhere to at all. So right. it, we just had to look to, kind of like to the, the default, which was like, just like white guys. Now, right, we've had, at least with the arrival of K-pop, now there is a beauty standard for Asian men. Because before that, all we were allowed to be culturally were just kind of like nerds or like like kind of like the, the side character in like the movie. Yeah. Um, and now we can be this, now we can be Jungkook. Now we can be Jimin. <laughs> so I mean, I guess it's a step up, but like as a Southeast Asian, like I'm, I can't be that pale or like I can't get the, I can't get the plastic surgery. Like it's yes, like, okay, cool. I'm, it's great that I can be a little bit thinner, but like, that, that's one that's one box i can check but like right i'm too i'm vietnamese i'm too dark for this <laughs> i can't so there's still i think there's still some ground definitely that needs to be made and i think like some east asians as well like i think not yeah. all korean people are that light either so yeah i definitely think that while there is like in the states there is the arrival of that standard of, or at least the fact that asian men can, can have a beauty standard is great but Definitely, there still needs to be a lot of steps that are made that need to be made for sure. Mm. It's actually mm. kind of curious though, because you mentioned about how living in the U.S., you guys, you know, y'all didn't have like a like a Asian beauty standard for men to follow. But I was just kind of curious about you know, like in Myanmar or you know elsewhere. Yeah. You know, did you guys have like uh, you know, like with the local media and local you know TV? Did you guys like? it probably would be more prevalent right i guess growing up in asia we were exposed to a different culture for example like i grew up with watching 
like Hong Kong dramas, Taiwanese dramas. <laughs> yeah, those are great. <laughs> even you know, through that experience, we do have exposure to like what a desirable Asian men man should look like. You know, like stereotypically. So I was wondering if that was the same thing for um, you know, other parts in South Southeast Asia because in Singapore, you know. The large, you know, the large proportion of people are Chinese, so we still have a bit of, you know, cultural exchange with, you know, places that yeah. speak Chinese as well. Yeah, I think it's uh pretty the same for you know um body standard here, because um average body standard for girls here is like six foot tall, have some fair skin and some sharp jawline, but then um not all of the guys could fit in their standard, and another thing that I. Another thing is that um, I guess girls are used to like watching Korean dramas every weekends or maybe every night, so they low key expected the guys to be like six foot tall, and that's like a pretty high expectation for an Asian guy. But in the reality, we gotta admit that um, those type of guys are pretty hard to find, and the most important thing in a relationship is the guy needs to treat the girl right and respect her ideas and choices. So that seems to be pretty much a very, yeah, maybe a different cultural context as to how yeah. gender roles are being played out in different parts yes. of the world. I guess, yeah. Yes. Yeah, I was in I was in Myanmar as well, and they are very heavily influenced by the Korean drama because yeah. there's always like a they are very into Korean drama, like the new <laughs> generation of girls. <laughs> yeah. So like even in the billboards, I would see like Myanmar guys like trying to, uh, they they did like makeup to look like Korean people, you know. I was thinking, oh, who is this guy? Like it looks like a Korean artist, and then when I look at it like very closely, I'm like, ah, okay, this is a Myanmar actor. And I'm like, How is he so different? <laughs> that was one of us. It's one of us. <laughs> yeah, it's one of us. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <right. laughs> Uh, like in Europe when I came here I don't know it could be different from girl to girl but uh, from my experience like the girls that likes Asian people they like it because they are into K-pop or like oh, no. uh, anime yeah. So, oh yeah the anime like, one <laughs> <laughs> like whenever we start talking and when they get into this topic because I'm someone that not really following any K-pop or <laughs> the anime <Yeah>. scene, so <laughs> yeah. they will, they will like lose uh interest talking to me and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah that's one thing that I noticed. Like when they nice. like Asian people, they like it because they have this influence. And when I don't look like that or like when I don't have the same interest, they will like, just lose interest in me overall. Right. I think Ryan, I think we probably had our fair share of experiences oh, know, yeah, yeah, with yeah. this, right? I guess <laughs> we probably we came from the same school. We are from the same school, so oh god, um, yeah. I can talk a little bit about this. So, okay, this is a full, like, yeah, this is a pod, so I know we have to have some stuff to listen to. So I will indulge. I will be truthful. I got a perm. <laughs> so yeah, well, yeah just so you guys know, in like not too long ago I think less than a year ago I got a perm the full disclosure it was yes it was because uh Korean culture showed me that it was okay to or it was a thing that you could do and I was like okay yeah. this is really cool and actually it low-key it was also Josh 
Also, yes. so I think that it was a thing that you did <laughs> as well. So. Yes, it actually, apparently lots of people do it over here. So I was like, okay, since everyone's doing it, I think I, you know, yeah, I decided why not, you know. <laughs> yeah, and then, right, it looked great. And I was like, I was enjoying mm-hmm. my new lifestyle and like, did, like <laughs> yeah, just like living with my new do. But I immediately got put into the K-pop box and I could not escape. <laughs> they're <laughs> <laughs> so like hey do you watch this i'm like no <laughs> like i got like so many annyeongs and like oh my gosh right you look like a k-pop star or if not if or if i didn't look like a k-pop star they said i looked like a white person so i was like <laughs> hmm. and that's when i realized okay. it's a lot of although k-pop is a standard that like asian men we can now use or it's a popular one in the culture a lot of it is still kind of just like Euro, Eurocentric beauty standards, but they've just been put in a Korean environment. So it's yeah. it's just another step away from looking like a European person, which is kind of like a like an adaptation-ish kind of I'm adapting like my perception-ish kind of thing going on. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know, Josh, have, when you got your perm, did like <laughs> were people like giving I, you the K-pop comments? <laughs> Why? I don't know, because it's in the U.S. I, I did go in first year with a perm. Uh, yeah, honestly speaking, yeah, there was a... I feel like the different Asian cultures in the U.S., they're not as distinct as they are back home. So, like, you know, an Asian person would probably say, I'm Asian, rather than, like, oh, I'm Asian. Like, you could probably say, oh, I'm Asian this, Asian Chinese, Asian Vietnamese, Asian Japanese, Korean, but it seems to be more of like a mix mash of like different cultures coming together. So like if you happen to fall or look in a certain way, people naturally assume that you're of a certain like kind of nationality or like ancestry, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know where I'm going with this, but yeah. <laughs> but like, I can, I can kind of see that because like, I think in the States, it's, it's an amalgamation of cultures, but it's, I mm. realized... The, the racial diversity in Singapore is very different from the racial diversity even in California. <laughs> like even in California. Um, I think California is like way, way more though. So I, I can see where you know, this is coming from. It's like, I think at least in Singapore, I think you guys at least know that you're all, that you guys are all Asian. In this, yeah. I think in California, there are some parts, definitely like Bay Area, that most of us are also Asian as well. Um, but right there's there's non-Asians in the mix as well and and in the United States like we're less than a quarter of the population in total so in that way in the in the fruit salad of of (laughs) the racial diversity we there's not enough like cultural like headspace to kind of be like okay there's a distinction there's like you have to tell the difference between Chinese people, Japanese people, Korean people, Vietnamese people. Yes. Like, yeah. we're just one. We're just... We're just Asian. <laughs> we're just Asian. Yeah. Asian that's, a yeah. whole other, that's a topic of a whole other podcast, but... That's going to go far, but... Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's what I was getting at with, like, the whole, like, okay, you're looking like a K-pop star. You look remotely similar to the people in Korea, so then people call you that. But I think, mm-hmm. yeah, I think that's where the distinction between... Um, I think like, I mean, at least that's why you might not have gotten those comments in Singapore where I did in the States. I want to ask too, just a little bit more about like how 
maybe European body standards are actually kind of still there and in the form of Korean popular culture as well. Um, and I think one thing that I want to uh, emphasize is the height thing, because, right, realistically, you can't change that, huh? Yeah, and not all of us can be six five, like the Norwegians. You tried. <laughs> you tried. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. For height, yeah. Like here, I, I noticed that even here, not everyone is six feet. Six feet, yeah. So like, it's height is just something we cannot change, and mm. in. Yeah, and still many people, uh, how do you say, criticize the height. If the man is not six and a half, they are like, oh, he's so short, <laughs> something like that, you know? Yeah, but we can't change it, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, know. like, they have seen really, really tall people over here as well, and it's just ridiculous how tall they are. Like <laughs> <laughs> they don't need it. <laughs> Give it back. <laughs> you don't need that size. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know because with regard to height, I feel that this aspect of beauty standards is not necessarily like a European thing. I don't know. Like, you know, because height has always been a thing for yeah. you know centuries beyond or centuries before us, because it always represented something else. It represented like represented prestige it represented you know some sort of like you know well nutrition you know in the past when you know nutrition was mm-hmm. just not a thing so people who were tall probably you know were better to do people you know so i feel that that's more of like a social status thing that eventually became like a, okay that's desirable mm-hmm. not gonna lie like you know definitely a taller person does give you a probably like a greater sense of security like i don't think they're gonna get like you know shorter people to be like a bouncer at the club <laughs> more boxes more boxes yeah <laughs> you, know, you could probably get five five of us short ones and then you know, versus like a tall one so just yeah. stack us on top of each other yeah <laughs> that would be uh, perfect yeah one more thing i noticed also is that like, if you're even if you're tall if the girl is tall as well they will say like Oh, oh, you have to I, be taller than her. You have to be taller than me when I wear like high heels. You know, that's one uh yeah. thing that I hear many times. Yeah. I don't know. People are just not happy. <laughs> uh, we sound we all sound pretty jaded, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't From know. my end, yeah, I'm just I'm hoping that my growth plates haven't closed up yet. Like, <laughs> uh like yeah, I realized some people were telling me that I did get taller. I don't, I don't know if that's true. Um, so Joe, next time I see you, you will, I think, I think, see for yourself. I yeah, I I'd probably be... be a good gauge. <laughs> like I'd be like see the difference and stuff. Because yeah. last, I think last time you saw me was at school, right? Which was like, I think that was 2019 still. So yeah, like a whole year ago. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was more than a year ago. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So hopefully yeah. that extra dieting nutrition helped um mm-hmm. but yeah, <laughs> yeah. but <laughs> i think even then with like the whole um if height wasn't like specifically a kind of european thing i think the the hair texture thing and the yeah. blue contacts thing and the nose shape thing and the nose shape <laughs> thing 
yeah. and the jawline, and the jawline, and the jawline thing. thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Personally, I haven't uh, experienced it like very, very. What do you say? Obviously, maybe they're judging like secretly, but they they never say it out loud. So they didn't show it. Yeah, I can I can tell, but yeah, probably they would like to have like uh curly hair, you know, uh long hair, because that's what uh like many Asian people are portrayed as like they are having long long like puffy hair, you know, with curly hair and stuff. So uh for me, I'm not like that, and yeah, I didn't notice it that much over here. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's the country I'm in. I'm not sure. Europe is a yeah, big, I... uh, big continent. So that's true. <laughs> I was, I was, I was actually. I I'm I'm not sure, if Ryan. You remember this experience I had when I was in, you know, when I went to Mexico mm-hmm. about the lady, the lady on the street. So I was with Doris. I think you remember her. We were both, you know, just chilling by the beach, and then all of a sudden, you know, this lady comes up and she just. There was a compliment and says, "Oh, I really like your eyes." Mm-hmm. And at the moment, yeah, I was at the moment I was a little, I was a little, you know, how do I say? It? Like I was complimented. Yeah, definitely, I was like happy and you know, like giggling and stuff, <laughs> you know, <laughs> inside and everything. But like at the same time, I was like, this was not a compliment that would be given to me this freely back home. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> you have anywhere you else. have monolids, right? Yeah, I, you know, I don't have like the most distinct. Double eyelids, which is something that you know many Asians tend to go for surgery for. You know, it's a big thing. Yeah, I think. So, yeah, go ahead. Finish your thought. Finish your thought. Oh, and, and you know, just quickly sum it up. It's, you know, as I'm walking across the street, you know, where there's this like girls' school. I think it was a girls' Catholic school. There was a store, like a little tienda and stuff, just hanging out there. And he was selling. The guy there was selling like posters of like BTS. And I was like, <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't think that you know they got that far, <laughs> like across the whole ocean kind of thing. So, yeah. So that was something interesting that I I you know experienced. I, I don't know how to process it. <laughs> yeah. What do you guys think? What do y'all think? <laughs> that is very oh, interesting. Like if it was given a uh, told told to me, I wouldn't know how to react as well. Right. I, I'm not sure. Like men in general. <laughs> Yeah, I think we're just so bad at handling com- compliment That's because true. we are not given much, anyways. So, <laughs> if we were, you know, it ends up being, you know, uh, you know, a different crowd that you know we are, we might be attracting kind of situation going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I don't know, like. <laughs> okay. Go on, yeah, Ryan. I think that like. That is very interesting that because I would also be taken aback if someone said that to me too. And I think it's because it's like if someone said like, oh, you know what? Like, I think, I think your, your severe underweightness like suits you. Like that's, yeah. <laughs> I would just be like, wow, I never thought of it in that way before. <laughs> like, I, it, like, frankly, <laughs> like that's what I would think. But it gives me, that does give me like a, a like, a crumb of hope that like okay because it is true that like that or it gives me a it gives me hope that society's expectations of what you can look like can change 
And I think about it a little bit more. And that's definitely true. In at least when I see like fashion and stuff, there's trends going in and out. There are body types that are in and out. Like in the 90s, right? Like girls were supposed to look super, super skinny. And now we're seeing like curvy girls, like, and that is becoming more accepted. And yeah, that's, that's proof to me that like, of course, there's, there is hope that things can change because beauty standards change all the time. So that's kind of one way that I thought I've thought about it to kind of like not hold, like not treat myself so harshly for not fitting the standard because the mold that you're supposed to fit into is constantly changing. So yeah, I, it's no use for me to strive for like body type A and then two months later or like two years later, body type B, because those could be two completely different things. So yeah, yeah, that's kind of one way that I kind of processed like the very complex issue of like what like body standards should be and kind of my going through it and stuff like that. How did you guys kind of come to terms with also like kind of or balancing, maintaining like a healthy attitude about body image, but also good health? And I think, yeah, Bone, I want to hear from you first. Uh, Yeah, for me, I didn't plan to this, you know, whole weight loss thing for the rest of my life um, but then I plan to go with the healthy eating style because it's obviously good for health and it's actually healthy for our bodies too so when I reach that ideal body weight I might stop at that point but then again um, this type of you know having a healthy diet is also a good also good for you so how do you find like the right balance between kind of keeping healthy but also like achieving the body that you might want or kind of like uh or even like coming to terms with the body that you have uh like for me i am quite in the middle but not really in the perfect body i would say so i like i always keep myself to eat like good how to say healthy food like when i'm eating a lot of oily food or something i will always feel guilty you know like or when i'm eating a lot of food i will feel guilty and like i will be like oh shit no i should stop eating i will be gaining weight and it will be not good for me and stuff like that you know that's how the mentality goes for me uh, when it comes to the body uh body size and yeah like it also affects the confidence you have for example like when you go to gym do you always see like people uh, walking out without clothes and stuff like that? And like with me not having the perfect body that I want, like I, I never, I was never uh, confident enough to take off the, take off the shirt and stuff like that. And it affects the, you know, men, um, confidence. Yeah. So I, I don't, you just have to come in peace with your mind. Like, if you think that this will make me fat, then you have to stop. And you know, if so, uh, you just have to keep the good diet going on, stuff like that. That's that's how I keep myself in my mind. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thanks for sharing. I think the last thing that I have to ask is, what advice do you guys have for guys like us dealing with body image issues? And I can always start because um, I think. I've, yeah, I've been through the skinny struggle. So. <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> so, 
So yeah, if I was talking to that like skinny guy on the other line of this podcast, listening in in the audience, I would say that beauty standards change all the time. Sure, right? Like yeah, like the beauty standard might have been muscular people, muscular guys, like a couple decades ago. But now you see, but that. It's it's really like literally all an illusion. And if it is about like being wanted and desired, like I, girls don't even want like girls. It, it would surprise you to see like what girls find attractive. And sometimes you have to like rip yourself out of that. Like you have to dig your head or you rip your head out of like the the sand and like just interact with the real world and see what it actually is like. Uh, but also that like your body is your body. It's it, it's literally not a lie when I say that, like, that you can be okay and proud of your body. Like, I, it, there's no exception and doubt about it. Like, nothing is too skinny. And if you feel like you have to change yourself, like, do it for the right reason. <laughs> and you, your metabolism is a certain way. And it's, people are going to say it's fast. And you, that you'll have to, like, let me tell you that it's because it's that fast, it's going to take a lot of effort from you if you want to change it at all. And you have to be prepared for the scenario that even if you gain weight, the results that you see, they will be a long way down the road. So the, I think the healthiest way to deal with it is to just really change your attitude and chase health rather than the results. Chase the feeling of a workout. Because exercise does feel good. Like, I, I won't lie. It does feel good. But chase that feeling instead of, like, the six-pack. That's what I've been telling myself. And, yeah, if there was, if I had, like, a super skinny little brother, that's what I would tell him. Yeah. Great device. So, yeah, what, if you guys had, like, a friend who was dealing with body image issues, what advice would you give him? Uh, we could uh, hear from the other end. <laughs> Uh, what do you think, Paul? Uh, my advice would be like, you know, it's not all about getting the perfect body, but I feel like it's more about how to take care of yourself more and getting a practice of a healthy lifestyle. So compared compare to lying on the bed all day versus doing some diet and some workouts will, will surely be productive than doing nothing. And even if you get your ideal body goal and you will still feel anxiety if you're not confident enough. So I think we shouldn't have too many insecurities about ourselves. So if we're insecure about ourselves, people around us will feel more insecure towards you too. And that's the thing that I learned from this whole body transformation is that we have to love ourselves and appreciate ourselves. Great, great advice. (laughs) As of me, I would say... You know, no one is built the same. You know, no one is the exact copy of the other. So we will always look different. And we always have different, uh, how do you say, environment growing up as well. So it could change how your body would be desired. And like how Ryan said, like the desired body changes also through according to the uh, generation, according to the person to person so like, even if you're not okay with someone don't don't be sad about it you know you will be fine with other people 
So I would be, I would say like just, just be happy mm-hmm. how you are, and of course if you need to change, work for it, but don't feel very pressured to have that one type of body. You know, it's a, it could be a long journey, it could be a short journey, but never give up. Yeah. 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 We all have different capabilities, so yeah, it might take some time for some people, but we can still work on it. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think for me is yeah. Go ahead, Joe. Oh, sorry. I think for me it's more of chasing the lifestyle. You know, you don't want to be like, okay, I have an end goal. I'm just gonna try to reach that goal, and then forsaking everything else that you um enjoy like for example like some people tend to you know like oh i'm gonna try to hit this weight by this timing you know by this day and then they decide okay i'm not gonna eat this i'm not gonna eat that and then they're gonna like you know starve themselves they're gonna not sleep you know they force themselves to exercise everything yeah i think hard work is great but i think what's even better is trying to make that a lifestyle something that can give you joy and happiness yeah and you know at least you know when you're engaging in it you can see the progress it may be fast it may be slow but as long as you see the progress, it gives you a sense of confidence. It gives you a sense of security that yes, at least I'm working to this goal. And yet along the journey, I am still and you know I'm still enjoying it. I'm still being able to appreciate the process along the way. And this is better than just saying I once I've hit my goal and then what's next, you know, and then yeah. losing all the motivation <laughs> you had. Yeah. So that's what I would advise someone like don't focus too much on trying to hit the goal. At a certain yeah. day, try to focus more on, you know, enjoying or at least integrating that process into your life, such that you can still be a happy, functioning person, but yet at the same time pursuing this aspect: your health, your you know, confidence, your physical appearance. So, yeah, so that's what I would advise. That literally makes me want to like log off the podcast and start working out. <laughs> Um, but yeah i definitely think that yeah i i agree i think there's i think it's very easy to get carried away with like in turning dieting exercises this whole problem when it doesn't have to be a problem it can bring you so much good and yeah like you guys mentioned there's a way to go about it and i think if that's oh if there's a way to kind of deal with like oh how how can I kind of compete in this world of like different bodies and what like the ideal is and I'm not the ideal, that's that's the way to do it, to kind of just fulfill your best self. Yeah, like uh, I would also like to, you know, <laughs> advise people to not judge people by the, the way they look. So like, yeah. uh, don't judge a book by its cover, you know. Yep. <laughs> yeah, like literally don't, don't just judge. Look at how, I have a lot yeah yeah <laughs> i have a long hospital story if, like if people want to so oh boy <laughs> that one yeah that one <laughs> yeah. and that could be the topic for a whole like an entire podcast episode and so like three full podcasts so. oh yeah, yeah, yeah thanks to our audience for sticking around for so long um i hope you guys learned a little bit about kind of what our body shaming experiences have been like and yeah, just I just want you to know from a skinny person like me, like you will get out of it. The pain is not forever. <laughs> Thanks for listening. And we'll see you in the next podcast episode. Thanks to our guests today. 
Hi. Hi. Thank you. No Thank problem. You. You're welcome. Thank you. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs>